Welcome to a place where conversations matter and truth matters even more. The focus of this show is fighting moral decay. So I'm going to walk you through kind of the framework of all of these videos and shows that I've been doing and podcasts and give you a reason to join me in this pursuit. The focus of this specific show and the show largely is fighting moral decay. I started making these videos because I was really passionate about stopping the decay process within the church and within the society at large. So I want to persuade you to join me in that endeavor by first giving you a definition of moral decay. Then I want to present you with a common source or catalyst that allows for destructive cultural pathogens to invade our thoughts and minds. And then finally, I want to motivate you and equip you to arm yourselves with the correct response to fight against this decay process uh, before it passes a point of no return. So first, what is decay? Decay is the process of something being broken down. This typically occurs spontaneously once an entity comes into contact with a force that causes the decay. What do I mean by it happens spontaneously? You can think of a ball on the top of the hill. Once an initial force is applied to that ball, the ball will roll down the hill without a continuous input of energy. So it just, it just takes an initial force. It, in, in this case, it takes an initial um, attack, an initial pathogen, an initial disease to really start that decay process, a disease of the mind, a disease of thought, a disease of reason. So in teeth, if we're going to kind of give a more concrete analogy of decay, in teeth, sugar bring bacteria Bacteria produce acid that causes the enamel on your tooth to demineralize. And then the process of tooth decay begins to progress and increase in rate. The biggest defense, therefore, of this decay process is that outer layer of enamel on your tooth. That's the hardest shield that protects your tooth from decay. Once the initial defense fails, the weaker and more sensitive softer tissue is now vulnerable. So the dentin and then the pulp becomes exposed to this decay process. Thus, after the decay process begins, it's really difficult to slow the process down. So the analogy as a tooth relates to societal structures would be this. Those who are spiritually mature act as the enamel on your tooth. Someone who is spiritually mature possesses the following a knowledge and love of God's word, a trust in the sufficiency and inerrancy of scripture, and a consistent obedience to the mandates of Christ. These people are meant to fortify and protect the more vulnerable people. The dentin, which is the second layer of the tooth, are those who are churched but vulnerable to the predations of well-crafted false theology or worldly philosophies that can grab hold of their minds and affections due to their lack of knowledge, love, and self-discipline. The pulp or third layer of the tooth are those completely agnostic to the things of God and biblical morality. They are corruptible and swayed by their fleeting passions and affections. This is why I'm so passionate about fighting moral decay and specifically spiritual decay. 
for those of us fortunate enough to have a have scripture as our lens to the world, we can step back and see certain themes of decay happening all around us. However, for those who don't hold a biblical view of morality, what's right one moment can just as soon be wrong the next moment. So now I want to present you with a common destructive belief that can start or enhance this decay, this decay process. Let me start with scripture. Ephesians 4 starts off with Paul talking about how he's a prisoner for Christ Jesus. And he says, I, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And now I'm fast forwarding to verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And this is Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And then he lists six elements of, of arming yourself in this battle. First one is the belt of truth then the breastplate of righteousness, then the shoes that are the readiness given by the gospel of peace, then the shield of faith, then the helmet of salvation, then the sword of the spirit. But I want to focus on just one of those when we don't utilize that, that allows for this decay process to begin. And that is the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth? I'm taking this from the MacArthur Study Bible, which states that it is a sincere commitment to fight and win without hypocrisy it's self-discipline and devotion to victory so everything that hinders is tucked away that's what the belt does puts off everything that hinders so we must ask what hypocrisy are we carrying how are we lacking in self-discipline are we putting away everything that could possibly hinder us most importantly sin or are we holding on to items that hinder our readiness for battle? Let me give you some examples. When I was 19, I used to ask the question, is this technically sin? About a lot of things that I would consider doing on the weekends or maybe during the week, who knows? And you might think to yourself, well, that's a good question. You were concerned about sin. However, look more closely to the word technically. I use this word mostly because I wanted to get as close to self-gratifying acts like drinking, um, sexual acts, whatever, without noticeably stepping over the line. I wanted to still hold on to my fleshly desires without getting kicked out of the Christian club. 
Thus, hypocrisy ran deep in my bones. I was not self-disciplined, and I loved my sin. To top it all off, I was leading Bible studies and trying to bring others to Christ when I myself wasn't even in Christ. So how can you fight against moral decay? Fight it in yourself first. Examine yourself, as 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, to see whether you are in the faith. You might think you are the enamel, which is protecting others, that you are the bulwark that is going to guard against those seeking the destruction of the church, but what if you're the pulp and you just don't know it? There is nothing more dangerous than thinking you're spiritually mature and growing in Christ while you're actually the one hindering others' devotion to Christ. You are, in fact, if you are, in fact, in Christ, you need to do what David did in Psalm 1. Meditate on God's word day and night. Then you will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and prospers in all things. The way we hinder moral decay is we get close to Jesus. We reflect on who he is and what it means to be adopted sons and daughters of God. Because the more we love him, the more we love truth, and the more we love others enough to snatch them out of the fiery flames. This is Blindspot.